And number four, importance um, of off-site sessions, like I mentioned before, um, from an energy point of view. So um, one thing I didn't mention is doing things that have no physical benefit, but they're purely just for the team connection. So things like going to the movies, um, maybe going go-karting, paintballing, so things where it's just completely social. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Each week I host live Q&As where I present on a topic to help footballers and strength and conditioning coaches with practical knowledge. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel to receive a notification and never miss a live podcast. If you're a returning podcast listener and you love the show, please show your support by rating the show. It goes a long way into helping us reach more listeners. Let's get into today's episode. Make sure to stick around to the very end as I provide a free AFL workout and power tip designed to give you confidence and an insight into what it takes to play AFL. Let's go. Hello and welcome to this week's Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. This week I'll be discussing everything you need to know to plan as well as periodize a training program to optimize football performance. So if you have any questions regarding this topic or any topic to do with Australian rules football, make sure to use the comment section below wherever you're watching this live video. I'll be breaking into four key themes um, to make sure you nail going into this program. For those tuning in on Insta- on live uh, TikTok, just make sure the screen's facing the same way. There we go. Same thing. Use the comment section below and I'm more than happy to give it my best shot at answering your questions. But we'll dive straight into it. Hang around at the end. I'll provide a uh, update on who's coming on the show for this week's podcast. We've got two fantastic live interviews with high performance staff, as well as a shout out to another podcast, and then our Twitter and LinkedIn poll. So I'll be able to uh, reveal the data from last week's poll post, where we discussed um, what's more important for uh, sustainable performance at the highest level genetics hard work or a bit of both so it's interesting findings and i'll more than happy to um continue that poll again if you didn't get to contribute on linkedin or twitter hit us up and i'll do it again over the next few weeks but we've got another poll coming up and that will be last for a week as well where i'll reveal the data on next week's live show and it's on the benefits of specialization at a young age compared to a variety of different um, sports are the whole thing between specializing early as a young athlete compared to a generalist approach what's more important for um, reaching the pinnacle of your sport but let's get straight into it so to how to plan and structure to optimize for football performance first we need to understand uh, the training things that we're in so if you're currently in in season you're a coach you're a high performance staff member we want to be able to use the games as feedback um, what are we seeing from a tactical point of view? So understanding that as the as the performance coach, what are the coaches seeing? What are the leadership groups seeing? Um, what are we seeing from our physical data points? If you're using GPS, uh, how well are the are the players in each line being able to um, produce consistent high outputs in on both from a volume run, but also high speed and sprint efforts? Um, what are we seeing in terms of recovery um, from back to back games or short turnarounds, whether it be travel? interstate, uh, five-day breaks, what are the trends uh, and using as a bit of an audit for this time of year. Conversely, you might be watching this in pre-season. Then you'll be reviewing and reflecting on what was the um, key takeaways from last year's season in areas of growth for the football performance. 
Um, so depending on where your team finished, um, you'll be either looking at either developing a, a group of young players to build a developing squad, or you might be you might have a strong squad together and it might be more just maximizing their athlete development to, to make sure that their strengths are really on show um, by focusing on uh, sharpening each player's weapons to really reach the pinnacle of your, of your team's performance. So have your training themes from a tactical point of view. If it's in season, that might simply be more skill acquisition. If you found that uh, handballing has been an issue under pressure, breaking that down and practicing that, obviously we've got to walk before we run. So you want to make sure you can do those low-level low skills under low pressure. And then um, once you can execute that at a high level, add more constraints to it. Um, working obviously, allowing the coaches to be able to do that in any way that you can fit in from an agility point of view or a contact point of view as the performance coach. How can you mimic in warm-up um, to be able to set those athletes up to succeed the themes of training that they're doing for that session? So you might be doing contact breakdown, uh, ground balls in your warm-up to working on that, uh, small-sided games to uh, be able to transfer the change of direction work you're doing in your warm-up into more agility reactive work. So be on the same page with the coaches. For your main training session, you may have found that um, repeat high-intensity efforts has been an issue. Um, so using your bye weeks and using your opportunities in your main training session to be able to train that skill, ideally with high specificity. So if you can get repeat high-intensity efforts with a football involved, so you're getting the tactical benefits, the running patterns, uh, and the concentration required of being able to execute it with the physical demands by doing high-speed efforts. And that's where GPS can be a great tool to be able to see what's the high-speed work rate per minute. And is it above match intensity for the majority of the players, particularly the players maybe that you've identified that they work on that aspect of their game. So rather than them just doing repeat 150-meter efforts, see if you can uh, work with the coaches in building a drill database that you know you're going to get certain outputs from those players from those drills and then uh, for athletes that may not be able to bring it uh, or that you feel that their uh, work ethic is an issue, hitting them up during the warm-up to make sure that they really focus on that particular drill uh, and that we're using the GPS as a bit of feedback for them so you can um, give them that objective uh, motivation so they can try and get the most out of their training and really tie it towards their performance uh, and having the coaches really drive that work rate in drills and having certain players that you're really targeting from a work rate point of view and that usually means that the rest will just come up um, if everyone's or the key players uh, are driving high standards then the rest of the players tend to, to go along with it so having your training themes in a given week is really important and aligning the physical with the tactical is the big takeaways there uh, energy of the group so particularly we're in the middle part of the afl season so you you may find depending on how your team is performed this time of year if you're winning games the energy is really high you want to keep that momentum going Conversely, if you've lost a few games or perhaps some teams watching this have never won a game yet, that's where you might want to shake things up at, in, with your bye weeks and mid-season breaks where you might actually do an off-site session. You might simply have time away from the club just to break the monotony and the grind because there's no point um, athletes rocking up and not providing quality and enthusiasm to the training. Sometimes you just need a circuit breaker. So if that's going to the movies, if that's doing a boxing session, a local gym, if that's um, doing a recovery session where you're doing yoga and stretching and um, maybe doing some sauna or um, pool-based recovery, mixing it up, mixing up the, the location of the venue uh, or just simply giving the athletes a bit of a different stimulus by um, training, in, like I said, in a boxing gym or a gym where they're still getting in some quality work. Um, it's relevant to the game and the sense they're working on their grappling and combat skills. 
um, but it's not the same old training venue and training routine that's been done. Um, so that can not only reinvigorate the group, but it can also reinvigorate the coaches and giving them time to be able to review and um, be able to keep training interesting by giving them a chop out too. So um, don't be afraid to mix things up and change the plan. Uh, and sometimes the best thing is just simply having time away from the club when things aren't going well. Number three, balance between getting the work and timing your run. So we want to make sure this time of year, like I said before, you have yourself an audit. Are you in a good position? Have you pulled heaps of, have you banked heaps of games, uh, heaps of wins where you can um, afford to start maybe managing some of the older players or can you start changing the magnets around to be able to develop your squad and, and see if how other players play in different positions. So it's not like you're trying to lose games, but you're just setting yourself up for success in September where you're really developing the depth of your squad. You're giving some of the players a bit of a chop out, those older players where you're trying to make sure that they're cherry ripe at the end of the year. But also by giving the players a different playing position, it's a bit of a different stimulus. So from a development point of view, um, you might build a hybrid player that can play half back, wing, um, and that's going to be helpful come finals because you might lose a winger and now you've got uh, a backup option. Uh, or you might just find them by making that change, they're actually performing that role uh, better than the previous guys in that or girls in that role. So don't be afraid to um, change things out. And from a physical point of view, working with the coaches on letting them know certain players that might be on the edge um, from their um, player uh, readiness point of view and uh, recovery point of view and giving them some rest and a bit of a chop out not only allows the next players coming through to get some opportunity, but also gives that player um time to be able to let their body regenerate particularly for things like their foot knee and lower back and shoulder health so um, looking after those older players will really put you in good dividends conversely those teams where you nearly every week is a finals position you're trying to get into that top eight uh, you can't afford to mix with um, team chemistry and stability of the team so of course you're just going to focus on week after week uh, and putting your best foot forward and your best team uh, and it's going to be more of a short-time focus rather than big picture um, naturally. So getting that balance right, um, both from a selection point of view but and, and also management point of view, but also from a, a timing your run. So um, if you've got some bye weeks, read read the cues on some, some players may benefit from just rest and giving them a session they can complete away from the club. Others, you may need to, you, there's not a lot of trust there and you actually need to organise a structured session on that bye week on the Saturday. Uh, or maybe another weekday session. If you train Monday, Wednesday, maybe it's another Friday afternoon session so they get the weekend off. So make that call on your playing group from a strength conditioning point of view. What do you think is going to suit best suit the players? Is it more from a mental point of view, giving them uh, time away? Or is it, no, we actually need to put the work in because we're not seeing the results that we feel that we need and you've lost trust from previously giving them autonomy in the past. So getting that balance right is really key. And number four, importance. Um, of off-site sessions, like I mentioned before, um, from an energy point of view. So um, one thing I didn't mention is doing things that have no physical benefit, but they're purely just for the team connection. So things like going to the movies, um, maybe going go-karting, paintballing, so things where it's just completely social. Obviously, it's a team sport, so you can't ignore the importance of team chemistry. Uh, and sometimes, or more often than not, the challenge and the grind of in-season is the length of the competitive season. And just piling more work on top upon more work of doing the same thing over and over again um, won't get the best outcomes from a performance point of view in terms of energy and connection on the weekly weekend basis. So sometimes it can be really good to just throw 
it's the leadership group to make that call on what what they think the players need to do, uh, and, it, and it's a leaders-led session. Players-led session staff aren't involved at all. Other times it might be something that you just spring on them on the day. Uh, obviously, just going to take into account what venues and things you need to organise, but having that surprise effect of letting players know, don't rock up to the club tonight, we're actually going to the movies, it's been booked, it's a private cinema session, and we'll see you guys there at a certain time. So that can have a good effect as well, the the surprise factor. But they're the key four ones. So um, training themes, make sure you're working closely with the coaches, energy of the group, continually have your finger on the pulse on where the uh, group's at and, and the stage of season where your team's at from a performance point of view, getting the balance right between putting in the work and having time away from the club. And then the importance of off-site sessions, mixing up the monotony of training. So love to hear how you found these um, tips and and themes to planning and periodizing your training. It's probably a little bit different to your classic reps and sets of strength training and power training and uh, where to fit in your your, um, speed in the week and your periodizing your conditioning demands. It's more about periodizing your energy, periodizing um, where you are in the season from a performance point of view. Um, more about managing players in the group. So um, would love to know your feedback on if you found this helpful, particularly uh, for the issue coaches, but also for athletes, um, of what your thoughts are because I think leaders can really drive this side of things as well and give feedback to the coaches and performance staff or medical staff on uh, how the group's going from this point of view. So uh, please give us some feedback. Going into the podcast this week, um, we've on Wednesday, I Recently interviewed Des Ryan, who's an expert in athlete development. He worked at Arsenal Football Club for a long period of time, and we talked about the framework of the Arsenal Football Club. So make sure to tune in this Wednesday to hear uh, that podcast. This week, we have two live chat shows. First one's Ben Griffin, who's really well known in the private sector as a strength conditioning coach. He's built a great, great brand uh, on LinkedIn, um, and also he's got an awesome podcast as well. So looking forward to having... Ben on at 2.30 p.m. Australian Standard Time. And then we have John Kiley, we're a senior lecturer, who will be really focusing on the performance side of things. So if you're really interested in um, asking John um, any questions, make sure to hit us up. That episode will be at 4 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So two awesome interviews on Thursday. And then our Bite Size episode for this week will be Steve Gridner, who worked at West Coast Eagles. So make sure to tune in if you enjoyed that episode uh, from a for the 10-minute clip that we provide every Friday, the short-form content. We made that interview over two years ago, so make sure to look up Steve Gravinia on the, any of your favourite podcast apps to find that. Um, please, if you could, subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is something we're posting a lot of exercises in, a lot of um, educational content in, a lot of short-form videos. So if you, the podcast is too long for you, you're not a big fan of listening and you more perform short-form content and highlights, um, head over to the YouTube channel, subscribe, and uh, I would love to see you there. That's where we host all our live interviews. And, of course, if you're on the podcast, I'd absolutely love a review or if you could just share it on your Instagram story or click the share button and send it to a friend who you think would uh, like this episode and get some value from it. That would be greatly appreciated. Helps us reach more podcast listeners. The shout-out that I have for a local business uh, podcast this week is with the Digital Marketing uh, Podcast. They created a. Uh, they recently ho- hosted an interview, creating awesome email in 2023. They believe that this is the year for email. Um, so if you're a business owner, make sure to check out the Digital Marketing uh, Podcast. That was a recent episode, and I found great value in that uh, and how it's all about um, building your email list and the importance of, of having an email list uh, and starting. If you haven't started yet, then there's no 
um, wrong time to start. So make sure to listen to that to get some inspiration. And then in terms of the poll for LinkedIn and on Twitter this week, um, and I'm going to post one of these once a week. So follow us on LinkedIn and on Twitter to be able to contribute to the data. So in terms of genetics, well, hard work, or is it a bit of, bit of both 50-50 for sustainable athletic performance? The data has come in. Genetics polled at 17%. That was the lowest. Hard work, 24%. And then 50-50 seemed to be the strongest um, choice for 59%. So really interesting findings. Probably not too much of a surprise. I generally believe the same. I think everyone deep down probably wants to believe that it's simply hard work, but we just know that's simply not the case. You have to have talent, uh, and it's that combination for greatness is that balance between talent as well as hard work and someone who's really driven and, and has the willpower to um, keep going and working on their craft and, and strive for excellence. So um, no surprise there, I think. I'd really love to hear your um, findings from that or what you think by either tweeting uh, twi- tweeting by either tweeting on this poll or poll commenting or direct message me on LinkedIn. Um, love to have a chat there. This week, we have the benefits of specialization at a young age compared to broad skills. So we'd love to get your feedback on that. Please contribute to the data. It's some interesting findings uh, and I'd love to share. And obviously, the more people that contribute, I think we had about 80 people contribute to the LinkedIn one last week. So it'd be great to keep those numbers going. So if you you can head over to our LinkedIn or Twitter to contribute and I'll combine the two data points from there. Um, but that's the, it for this week. Uh, in terms of our power tip for a strength and conditioning tip, uh, use the pin press for someone that were real and, and bench pull if you want to get extra upper body strength and power in and um, prime yourself for that contest game, particularly key position players the day before a game. So for most of you, that's your captain's run. Go for five sets of three to five repetitions of pin press where you set the bench up two fists away uh, or either lie on the ground and do a floor press, go as heavy as you can, so build up to a heavy weight. Uh, it should be powerful, really fast elbow lockout um, to recruit heaps of um, your motor neurons and also get your uh, upper body firing in that specific fend-off pattern. Uh, and then also superset that with bench pull, which is that one where you lie flat on the bench and you um, drive the bar up to your chest uh, equally, keep, keep the sets the same and reps the same. Five, yeah, we're going four and five sets of three to five repetitions just so you focus on that max strength. You're not going to get any soreness from it. You're going to get a good max strength stimulus, but more importantly, you're just going to prime your nervous system for performing well and starting that contest game really well the next day. So things like your jostling position for a contestant mark or your inside balls being able to um, quickly shove your opponent off before collecting that ground ball uh, at the stoppage. Hopefully that helps. Make sure to rate and review this podcast and I'll see you on the next week. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jack McLean, an AFL football strength and conditioning coach and I want to introduce you to the Prepare Like a Pro Academy. Our academy is a subscription-based platform where you can sign up to be a part of our community. If you get to the end of each episode of the podcast and are hungry for more, this is for you. Designed for aspiring AFL athletes and staff, you'll receive heaps of bonus weekly content. Learn who the guests are in advance and submit questions. Access to our Facebook group with Jack and other Prepare Like a Pro coaches. You'll be able to receive merchandise, program discounts and freebies and get free access to our live events, exercise technique database and much more. This is a great way for you to support the podcast and it helps me with production and release of epic content for you guys each week. Your contribution goes a long way in making the Prepare Like a Pro community possible 
and just for $5 a week you'll have access to all of this special content released on our Academy forums. There's no lock-in and you can cancel absolutely any time.